Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stoner, and thank you again for joining me this week. I got to go to the Indy 500 last weekend, and it was super fun. We, uh, you know, it's just such a patriotic event, and uh, my friend John Meredith, and also my friend Jim Thrift, who's been on this show, he was there. He, I think he's he's listened to every episode. So, hey, Jim, <clears throat> I'm sure you're going to listen to this one. So we John has a suite at the race and man, it, you get treated like a king because you get we got like a police escort down through the crowd. I don't know who he knows or what he knows, but we had a we had an escort for our group that had the suite. I don't know if it's part of the package. He splits it with some other business owners and a lot of fun. But the thing that really got me was how patriotic it is. It's on Memorial Day weekend and it's the great American race and there's 300,000 people there and it's just, you know, there's a lot of salutes to military, the military, all the different branches are represented there, even Space Force. I love seeing that. Uh, it's kind of funny seeing all of them in Space Force, which, again, I mean, that's where a lot of the battles are going to be held. So that's uh, an interesting thing. But then, you know, the the uh, Blue Angels or the Thunderbirds, one of those, you know, teams flew over right, you know, during the national anthem. And man, if you if it doesn't get you choked up. If that doesn't make you feel good, I don't know what does because it was just breathtaking. And then they fly around and then I think there was another song. I think it was back back home in Indiana, which is the theme song. They came back through in a different angle and spun out into a star formation and just so cool. And uh, you, know, you think about all the people who serve, all the people who've done what they've done for us to have our country. And it, it's really hard to not be grateful. I mean, you should be grateful. You better be grateful uh, of what all these people have done. Um, I was also watching a show on Netflix. Uh, no, it was on Amazon Prime. And it was called The Real Inglorious Bastards. You know, that they had that movie with Brad Pitt. And it was good. It was funny. It was kind of gross. But it was it was really interesting. Well, they showed the guy that they actually based that around. And it's nothing like the Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt character. But he's just a little guy that just had this drive that... It was insatiable to fight back and to, you know, stop the Nazis at any cost. And it is fascinating. And you watch through it and he is a humble guy that's just trying to do the right thing. And he was he's he was Jewish, but he's all about America and he's all about how, um, you know, th you know, the greatness that we can be. Unfortunately, I don't feel like we are showing what we can be and what we are, what we have espouse to be we are there's always these times that it's the worst of us you know we're still a young country and we still make huge mistakes and you know but we're still uh i still you know i clearly believe in us we're just having a hard time and 
I think I'm going to go into dumb is real at the end about uh, dumb decisions or decisions this country is not making. But uh, that being said, I did want to also uh, invite people to the business symposium. It is this week. So uh, if you can't make it, I highly recommend buying the uh, Zoom uh, thing. And then also you'd have the downloadable recordings. But we've got 11 speakers. We've got Chad Murray, Chuck Hall, Ryan Hall, who's a sales guy. We've got Allison Reynolds for two courses, uh, who's a CFO, an unbelievable business person, uh, especially in the accounting fields. Um, we have uh, Steve Trumbull, who's going to be a new speaker. Uh, he's going to talk about his journey. We've got, uh, let's see, Jim Brewer. Uh, we've got me. And then we have... Um, Alan Rush, I think I said that, maybe I didn't, but it's 11 speakers, uh, should be a really great thing. Now we, we are have, we have plenty of seats left because a lot of people, I mean, the cost of traveling, the cost of that is really going up there. And it's also during CMA week in Nashville. So it's a little bit of a tight turnaround, but please, I'll, I'll put a link to the, to the, uh, to the courses in um, the, this podcast, but you can go to csia.org, look for business, look for classes, then go down to business symposium. You can register for it. it even if you're in chimney business or you're not, these are 11 speakers that are really going to not really talk about chimneys as much as they are talking about growing businesses, sustaining them, leading them uh, in home sales, what to do when you're talking to customers to get them to buy your product. So it's really a lot of cross trainable stuff. So that being said, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite books today because I read a, I read like a little meme from him and I'm going to read the meme so that, and then I'm going to go into the book. The The book he wrote, his name's Mark Manson. I've talked about him before because he had another book. I can't remember the name of it. It was, he talked about him dating a lot of people, but really what it was about was kind of leadership, how to be a leader. But here was the meme I read for, that I saw about him and it caused me to kind of go back down this pathway. Uh, so he says, lessons I've learned over the years. It's less about what you want and more about what you're willing to give up. You have far less time than you think. The name of the game is, is to use it well. Dinner with people you love is 10 times better than a party with 100 people you don't. Man, I can tell you this last couple of weeks, I've had some great dinners with friends. I had great. There was like three or four dinners in a row that were just almost magical because we were just laughing. And some of it was uh, my friend, Jay Jester, who had, it was from back in the, the music days. So we had big memories of, of, you know, when we used to play music and then, you know, with Jim and John at these dinners. And then I've had several other dinners that have just been, I had a, a, my son turned 30 and we had a dinner in Austin, Texas with him. And it was just, there's been some really good close knit, uh, dinners that I've really enjoyed and really just noticed while we were having them, how much I enjoyed the company. Uh, he also says, uh, waking up early really is the shit. And I've got to get back on that track. Um, and then when you achieve your dreams, it's never feels the way you thought it would. And man, that one hit me really hard. Um, Yesterday, we have at my powder coating facility, we have monthly training where companies come in. This was set up before I bought the business. This manufacturer 
uh, sells his products, you know, around the world and people come to Nashville and come to our, um, um, come to our business, uh, and you know, they train them once a month and it's a really great networking thing. So this is the first time I've been able to kind of sit in on it. Day one is like business classes and marketing and, uh, co- job costing for that. And then day two on the powder coat business, it's how to do it. And you bring, you bring a product, you want a powder coat, and then, you know, that you actually do it with our stuff while well, I'm in there. And the people in the class don't know that I own the business. And so it was really interesting to, you know, just watch them and watch what was good and watch what was bad about them when they were in a class. But I I did just sit back for a minute and go, man, this this feels amazing. It feels amazing that they don't know who I am as far as, you know, like, you know, and, and it also feels amazing that they're learning something and they're engaged and they're excited and it's uh, it was really fun. And I was proud that I owned that business, that these people were learning a trade and getting exciting about something that they're going to do. And they were looking around our business, just amazed at how much work we're doing and how big the facility was and how clean the facility was. And I just heard them talking. I really didn't say anything. And the guy doing the class didn't introduce me as the guy that owns the business. So I didn't hate that at all. I just... Talk to everybody like that. And then eventually, you know, I said a couple of things and they realized I own the business, but not to the group, just to a few individuals. But they were all really excited. And, and to me, that was kind of like what success felt like is that I've built something that is helping a lot of people and and people are getting excited about it. And then I started talking business kind of in a motivational way to these people who were just thinking about starting a powder coating business. And man, they were so excited. They were so excited to, to, I don't know, this one guy was one year older than me. He's 55 and he's kind of burnt out. But man, by the time we got done talking, he was so excited about possibilities. He's in the car graphics business and he, uh, we, you know, I gave him one of my books. He's going to listen to the podcast. And, uh, I, I don't remember his name, but I do remember his company's name was, uh, Autographics. And so I hope if you listen to this one, uh, sir, I hope you're excited. Uh, and it was a pleasure to meet your crew there. And, but, you know, I was telling him that there's two things about this. One, inter- you got to have the energy. If you're 55 and you're getting ready to, you know, get into something new, you better have the energy or you need to let other people that have energy run the run the game while you manage it. Like get out of your own way. Like a lot of these guys are like, I'm old, I'm tired, I don't want to do it. Well, if if it needs to get done or you want to do something different, just get out of your own way and hire and and, uh, you know, give people a piece of the pie and help them build it while they have the energy. I've got a lot of young people around me that have energy to do things. Now, I have energy, too, but I, I don't have enough energy to spread across all the companies. So I have to hand that off. But. To me, you know, I drove up in my sports car, which is a nice car. And, you know, they came out and they were looking at it and taking pictures of it. And then they still didn't know I owned the business. They just thought I was one of the guys wanting to get the powder coating. So then once it tied it all together, they all of a sudden saw a guy that uh, or a, a dream like, you know, a dream that, you know, what, what could be. And it, that was an exciting thing. Uh, I had, a, I saw another meme or a thing about being grateful. And one of the things about being grateful, it says, remember, 
Your job is the dream of the unemployed. Your house is the dream of the homeless. Your smile is the dream of the depressed. Your health is a dream of those who are sick. Man, that's a, that's a fact. Shoo. Beautiful things happen when you distance yourself from negativity. Find something to be grateful for. And, and I, I love that. I love that, um, that, that, that was, I was grateful for all the things that have happened, you know, and the luck that's happened, but also the persistence that brings luck and the opportunity inside this country and opportunity inside, you know, all the things. And, and I told the guy that he said, you know, I'm just not sure what, you know, how to grow my business. I said, well, all the answers are inside your business. All the answers to grow it are inside it already in little forms. You kind of do window tinting or you kind of do spray on liners or you're kind of going to do, you know, powder coating or you're going to kind of do, you know, car wraps or whatever. And, you know, they're focused on powder coating rims for top, for wheels. I'm like all those the way you're thinking about every single one of those services you have is keeping it small. So inside your business is a giant business. Also, you're an expert at this. And if you will just record what you do and how you do everything, there's a group of people that will buy that system from you. If you just record how you do everything, it doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to be amazing. You know, people will learn from that and buy that. And it was funny. His main guy said, you know what? Hadn't even thought of that. I pay $24 a month. And I watched this guy has this thing that shows you how to wrap cars. And I don't need it much, but I pay $24 a month just to, just to watch him do it. And I said, you guys are already experts at it. And you're buying another expert's uh, monthly service. You guys can do that. And all of a sudden this guy just lit up. And I love that. I love that it all of a sudden he had he came out of there with a different spark, you know, and motivation. And I'm not really in the motivation business. I'm in the reality business. And and so today I wanted to talk about the uh, I read another article about this book and it was or it said the seven important lessons. And I'm going to cuss in this. I'm going to cuss because it's the name of the book. So if you don't like cussing, you may not want to you know, listen to this. But if you don't mind the F word, that's part of this. And I can't say F word every time F word is going to come up. So. The seven important lessons uh, I got from the subtle art of not giving a fuck. <laughs> Mark Manson, that's the book. I read it several years ago. I've read it twice and it's really good. But I just wanted to kind of go off on what he says, because when he says he doesn't give a fuck, it, it doesn't mean he doesn't care about anybody. He's just learning to care about fewer things and spending more time with them. And so, um, you know, Lesson one it was that it's okay that life sucks. It's okay that you don't live in a fairy tale. It says, maybe you trick yourself into wishing for your life to be perfect all the time. This self-tricking happens because we tend to create a biased definition of perfect based on fucked up values. Explained further, thinking instead of thinking perhaps it's normal that life sucks now and then, so you should think that you you have to understand that perhaps life is going to suck now and then. When you get to understand this simple truth, things don't affect you in the same way. 
It's important to understand that things will not always go in the, the way you plan. Events will go wrong. People will act against your expectations. Bad things will happen. You'll be unfairly beaten down too often. But that's normal, man. That that I can't tell you how many times, you know, the saying no good deed goes unpunished. It's all the time. But that doesn't mean you don't keep doing good deeds. It just means that's just normal. It's it's the price of admission. Shit happens and suffering is inevitable. Now there's another problem besides avoiding suffering from unexpected situation, unexpected situations. And that is when you try too hard to live a fairy tale life. Accepting that there's no way to avoid suffering, you can't possibly believe in existence of fairy tale life. A fairy tale life is waiting for you. So the second thing is you have to stop trying too hard for positive things to happen. If you live in this illusion first, you'll always you'll always be constantly trying to deny the existence of suffering. And second, you will create more suffering when your positive expectations fail. And by the way, this article was written. What's it from? A guy named Mark Tay in 2019 uh, wrote this article in Ascent Publications. So, again, trying to have a perfect life or even looking like you have a perfect life is also the thing that makes it even worse. The desire for more positive experience is for itself a negative experience. And paradoxically, the acceptance of one's negative experience is itself a positive experience. Just like everyone you're constantly hearing bullshit about a good life should be positive, they tell. Like if positivity is the key to greatness, but it isn't. I also believe positivity can be good in certain measure, but like in everything, too much of something and you'll start to see more harm than good. Now, I'm a positive guy. I think, you know, I receive back what I put out there. I receive, you know, life is a mirror of what you expect and do. But I have learned to be a little less positive about thinking I can change someone else. I, I, I'm not so positive about that. And I don't even necessarily try to do it. I try to be encouraging. I try to give, you know, the best information I can, but I'm also not, I'm not let down when they don't. In fact, I kind of expect them not to. Uh, also, um, being too optimistic will take will make you believe that everything is supposed to go well. And when you see too much bad shit happening repeatedly, you'll start getting overwhelmed. This is because most of the time you won't be able to see your de desires fulfilled. You'll keep trying, draining your energy, fighting for an unrealistic ideal that you may never reach. And the only thing you'll get is an ever growing amount of frustration. Congratulations. You just got a free ticket to fantastic experience of frustration. <laughs> so you will have to accept what you have and be grateful for that. Accept reality as it is and stop wanting more. I kind of disagree with that a little bit. When you desire things you don't have and eventually can get them, you'll start to enjoy other things. It's a never ending dissatisfaction. I don't agree with that, but uh, you know, that's his point. I think uh, when you get more things, if you get more things and be grateful for them and try to help others get them, uh, 
and, and, you know, with less headache or less stress, ideally that is, that's true wisdom going out and being of service to others. So, I mean, if you're truly self, if you're very selfish, then getting more things will absolutely not help you. But getting more things to benefit others to me is the way you, to, that's how I focus on, on what I do on a daily basis. Mark says the key to a good life is not giving a fuck about more. It's giving a fuck about less, giving a fuck about what only is true and immediate and important. So he's staying in the moment. And, and I, I've had to do that. I, I understand that pretty well. Uh, and I, I don't mind it either. I've stopped totally caring about, you know, some Facebook fights or some some things I don't believe in that somebody else believes in. I don't care what you I, I stopped really uh, feeling like I had to. I, I can't tell you how many times I've written a I started to write a post about, you know, a response to something. And I just deleted. I, I bet a lot of people do that these days, especially if you're on social media. You start to kind of go and then you're like, who cares? One, they're not going to change their thing. You don't know them. And if you don't say it, it's just probably as better than if you do say it and then have to, you know, ride the wave of that. Now, I'm not saying we can lay down as people who believe in morals and good, but on certain battles, you got to decide if you even want to fight it. And most battles anymore, I don't want to fight it at all. I don't care. I don't care what they think. Um, so kind of to wrap this first part up, it says, stop trying for things to go as you desired and embrace failure and deception. I do say that every time I'm starting a new business, every time we're starting a new thing, it's, it has to start with failure. It has to start with like messing up and not going the way you thought, because you're in a new thing. You don't even, your thoughts could be completely wrong about how it's going to go. Most of the time they are. It's all about how you adjust for what you just got into or, or the new thing you did or the new person you believed in that you thought would do X and now they're doing Y. Well, is that a bad thing or is it a good thing? Uh, it, just because you accept, you know, expected one thing, does it mean what they're doing is totally wrong or are they just in the wrong spot? As a leader, that's my main thing is to not be disappointed in people and have them let me down. My point is to try to figure out how to get the most out of them at all times. And so that they're, you know, so it doesn't feel like work or I'm, I've got my thumb on them. And so it's, I don't get disappointed in people to, normally. I mean, sometimes, of course, but in general, just because they don't work out in the way I thought doesn't mean they won't work out, period. So lesson two. You'll have less problems when you choose the things you want to give a fuck about. The problem with people who hand out fucks like ice cream at a GD summer camp is that they don't have anything more fuckworthy to dedicate their fucks to. <laughs> My gosh, it's the most I've cussed in a freaking two years. But the pro, so, um, if you care about too many things or give too many fucks, you're going to be the one that suffers. If you don't know what to care about, you'll start caring about a lot of unimportant shit. And that's when you start finding problems everywhere. So even if you don't want, uh, even if you don't want, you are forced to choose about what to give a fuck about. My friend Stephanie 
will tell you that this is one of the biggest problems in her life is she gives too many fucks to everyone. Everyone gets gets one. And I'm like, you can't do that. You Everybody doesn't deserve one, first of all. And when you spread your... He, she's great at helping everyone else except herself. And this is what he's talking about here. You you can't do that. You've got to take care of you and get you strong so you can help more people. If you care about everything and get too watered down, you're not good for anybody. And so the point is, be careful about just saying yes to everything and giving too much care to every single thing. Uh, some, t- some things to come only with maturity is what he said. Let me tell you about a recent situation I went through. I decided I was an, I was organizing this house party to which I invited many friends and possibly some strangers. I was excited about planning everything thoroughly and I had some positive expectations. As the party day was getting close, I was not getting enough confirmation. Many people were quitting or telling me they couldn't make it and I didn't like it, but I kept the party thinking it would still go more like a friend gathering. Only a few hours before the party did I receive more declines. In the end, there were only three survivors, counting with me, food, drinks in excess, and several cups that I bought for the party, something that my many would call a failure. But that day, I didn't see it that way. During the planning, many plans kept getting robbed. Uh, Oh, my plans kept getting robbed. So I left with a bunch of problems, but it was self-conscious. I decided that these problems are not that big since they were ones I chose to deal with. I decided to care for the party, for that party. I mostly invited people that I cared for. So what was a fuck I had chosen for my life? We, we still spent some time together and were capable of having fun. I still felt fulfilled in the end. Uh, we're going to do this business symposium. Um, we're having, we're not having as much, you know, um, as much participation as I'd like at this point. Some of it was my fault because I got the word out late. Some of it was, there's a lot, it's hard to travel to Nashville right now. And there's just some things, but no matter what, the people that are there and the people that watch it, we're going to give them a hundred percent of a show. I don't care if it's uh, 50 people or four people, it's going to be the same show no matter what. And to me, it's going to be a success because those people that are there are going to like it, remember it, and, and it's going to be a good thing for them. So uh, let's see. He also says the correct values with the correct values, you can change how you see your problems and redefine your perception of success and failure. You know, the thing, the best description of, of success is success is what you believe it is. And that, that's the best one. It's, it's just what you believe it is. You probably have, have fucked up values, and that's the root cause of all your bad decisions and wrong fucks you choose to give. <laughs> I'm getting a little uncomfortable with all the, the F words. When we have poor values, that is, poor standards we set for ourselves and others, we are essentially giving fucks about the things that don't matter, that the things that make your life worse. But when we choose better values, we can divert our fucks for something better. Toward things that matter, things that improve the state of our well-being and that generate happiness, pleasure and success as side effects. Um, 
One last important thing to retain is that happiness, too, comes from solving problems. Oh, my gosh. I, that is it right there. Happiness comes from solving problems. I was uh, with one of my friends a couple months ago, and his son was there. And his son's got the best life. I mean, he's got all he wants, beautiful house. Everything's given to him. He's, he's absolutely taken care of and can have anything he wants, but yet he's miserable or he seems miserable. And, you know, I asked him what he wanted to do. You know, he's, he's like anti, almost anti-American dream. And so he thinks that to find happiness, he's going to go over to, you know, India or somewhere over there and meditate and try to find trying to find happiness through meditation and happiness through really not doing anything, but more thinking about things is what he felt would make him happier if he thought right. And I told him, I said, man, I'll tell you, happiness comes from doing stuff. Happiness comes from helping other people, from building something, from creating something, not from more, you know, mind getting in your own head thing. You do for others, you help others, you build stuff, you make stuff, you have problems that you can solve and you can, and people need you to solve problems and you solve problems and you're good at it. To me, that's happiness. That's where happiness comes from, not more meditation. Yeah. Now, if you've got a lot of problems, sometimes I'm, I'm not, I'm not against meditation by any means. Sometimes in whatever way you meditate, I'm a big fan of, of getting your brain checked out and, or, you know, realigned and, and, and really getting in your own thought process. But it's in the act of doing things that you need that break, not in the act of not doing anything or even in the act of trying to find something. You can't meditate your way into finding something to be happy about. I don't think maybe that's just me. So lesson three, suffering is essential in your growth. Uh, this ought to be good. You know what? I'm going to have to break this up into multiple into multiple steps. So I'm going to finish with three because there's seven. So this is going to be part one of two parts. All right. Lesson three. Suffering is essential to your growth. As I wrote before, the book teaches us how suffering is inevitable. But even better is knowing that the same hell you can't avoid will have an essential role in your growth. And the light, it's a and the light, it's accepting that without that suffering, growth is not possible. Mark Manson explains that only through discomfort, suffering, and pain can you grow. This happens because the, the only discomfort will lead to seeking change. He writes, we suffer for the simple reason that suffering is biologically useful. It is nature's preferred agent for inspiring change. Mm. Today, I went back to the gym first time in a while since my neck surgery. And, uh, you know, it, it just felt good to get back in there and start pushing some. I mean, I'm weak as can be. I, I had some atrophy in my left arm from the pinched nerve and the pushing on my spinal column or cord. So, you know, I'm not strong like I used to be, but man, it felt good to wake all those muscles up and be doing something about it. So I immediately went and got some, you know, some protein and some, you know, aminos and like, you know, my, I focused all day already. So, you know, just in the act of doing those things that make you uncomfortable, going to the gym, paying the money, doing the thing is where happiness ends up being. It says, so next time you feel 
uh, some form of pain instead of seeing it as a bad thing and trying to get away from it, accept it, allow yourself to feel it and be reassured that it exists for a valid reason. If you do this, you'll only experience the pain becoming weaker and you'll also become more used to it. You'll eventually be happy for its presence in your life. I love that. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up today with a dumb is real and it's not really a specific dumb is real, although there's a lot of them right now. Um, I'll tell you, I recently watched the, the thing from Matt Walsh, what is a woman and it's on daily wire and he's a talk show host. I listen to his podcast too, but that simple question is making this country lose its mind over something that is just stupid. And we, we have lost our minds because that question can't really be answered, you know, from those who believe that, you know, gender and sex is just, you can just say what you want. Now, that being said, I, I am not against if you're a grown person and you feel, you know, and you've gone through puberty and you've gone through your life and you've gone through all those emotions and you still feel like you're going to be happy you know, doing that or changing, well, then do it. I really do not care. And that's fine. I actually have a good friend of mine that is that. And that's great. Um, and, and he's happy. He is absolutely happy. I, I would have never known that, but I've seen it work for an adult person. It was an adult woman that wanted to be a man and now she is. And you will not know, you would not know who it is or, or anything like that because completely works a happy life and everything is good. What I have a problem with is all this rage to get the kids to do it. The rage to act like, act like a woman is what you just want to call it. And, and Matt Walsh says it's like a, you know, an outfit that you can put on. You, you, now you're a woman and now you're not. And, and it's just frustrating that we are being so ridiculous on something that, you know, we hear trust the science, trust the science until it's not convenient in something that's truly provable scientifically that, you know, there's a male and a female of every species. And there's a very few exceptions where it's, you know, it's, it's a birth defect that it's, you know, it's messed up and, and something's got to be chosen, but that's the rare thing. And our, we're going to the fringes of our society to grab things, trying to pull them into the mainstream. And, and it's just very frustrating. I'm all about people being happy and figuring out what it is. I'm not about this narrative that's being pushed down kids' throats and little kids and acting like, um, you know, it's a choice just like what I want for lunch is. Is it, oh, you want to be a girl today? Then, then let's do all the things to make you a girl. Or you want to be a boy? Let's, let's go through surgery and, and chemicals and change you as a little kid. I, I mean, I remember when I was a little kid, there was a time I wanted to play with Barbies. I mean, I, the, I, my sister was 10 years older than me and I was little and I remember she was playing with Barbies and I wanted to play with Barbies too. Like that seemed fun. 
uh, and 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 there used to be girls in our class that were what they would consider tomboys, and they were they were kind of masculine girls. They were tough. They were strong. They were you know not feminine, but they were still girls. In today's world, they would be transitioning into boys, and same there were feminine boys, feminine, and they they were very feminine, and they weren't gay. They were just feminine. But in today's world. We would be talking to them about, you know, changing into being a girl. And I just, I just cannot get behind that. And uh, I, I, I just don't, I think we're really going down the wrong path with that. So that's my dumb is real. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I hope you are having a good week. I hope you stay grateful for what you do have and how fortunate we are. I am a little bit worried about, you know, the upcoming with all the gas prices rising and stuff just going out of control i'm worried we're in for a bad storm i'm gonna keep you know i'm gonna I'm going to be conservative, but I'm going to keep my foot on the pedal. Fred Smith of FedEx has one of my favorite quotes about predicting doom. He said, I've successfully predicted 11 of the last three recessions. <laughs> and so just keep moving, keep doing your thing, do the best you can. All the good times don't last and the bad times don't last either. Be grateful for every single day. All right, guys, appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.